Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Roundtable Sports Podcast. My name is Taylor McLean. Today, we're going to be going over the Pittsburgh Steelers' 27-24 win over the Tennessee Titans. Please excuse my voice. I'm a little hoarse after some situation yesterday. But uh, it didn't mean I don't didn't watch this game, and it doesn't mean I don't have some opinions about what happened here. Let's start with the Pittsburgh Steelers. You know, Big Ben has definitely had what it takes to move the Steeler offense, but I'm starting to notice that they're not moving the ball down the field like they normally would. It seems like there's a lack of big throws down the field, and I think that comes with a lack of pressure from other teams. What I mean by that is the defense for the Pittsburgh Steelers is good enough where the Pittsburgh Steelers are not feeling the pressure from the other team to really have to blow out the passing game, which is leading to lower totals in the play totals as well as the passing totals. And they're smart to do so because Big Ben, certainly while it looks like he has enough fastball to move the ball around the field, It doesn't look like he's 100% of what he was in his prime. And who can blame him? He's certainly one of the body types that I would expect to fall off sooner rather than later as far as older quarterbacks go. You know, I'm expecting A-Rod. I'm expecting Tom Brady. I'm expecting Russell to last longer. But kudos to Ben that he has lasted this long. And it looks like during this campaign, if the Steelers are able to keep health and able to continue playing defense like they are, I believe that Big Ben has the ability to win games for the Pittsburgh Steelers and move around enough in the pocket to keep the people off of him and make throws down the field. It's just a question for fantasy purposes of the volume of how much he's having to throw. Because they have a good defense, because their running game has been something good, they don't have to throw the ball as much as they have in seasons past. And while they have some good weapons, it just hasn't been a situation where they've been pushed by defenses and they've had to really blow it out from that end. And really, I think they're trying to hide Ben a little bit as far as not making him throw the ball 50 times a game like he had to today. And you'll notice, even with him throwing 49 times, he still only managed 268 yards. Now, that was probably partly because he threw three interceptions and those drives were cut off, and it kind of cut off the end of his fantasy day because he was on his way to a much bigger day before the second half of this game started. So we'll look for that. Um, I also want to say that the Tennessee defense did a good job of kind of getting him off his mark in the later part of the game. I really like Simmons, the number 98 for the Tennessee Titans coming up the middle. And they have decent pieces on the defense as well. It just doesn't feel as dominant enough to support their offense for a real true Super Bowl run. Although I absolutely believe the Tennessee Titans will make the playoffs. But I digress. We're talking Big Ben right now. And with the lower overall volume and the lack of downfield play, I think that Big Ben is probably a hard-to-trust quarterback one at this point in fantasy purposes. So that's definitely something I'm looking at trying to upgrade in these next couple of weeks if Big Ben is the only starter I have left. If you're mixing and matching him, it's probably going to be hard to know who's going to push the Pittsburgh Steelers and who isn't. But still, they need more push. They need Big Ben's going to need more 
from the passing game to really truly offer quarterback one value this year. So without him being able to run the ball, I think that's a situation I'm trying to upgrade on. I think he should have enough name value to for you to be able to upgrade off of that without having to give up a terrible amount because he is serviceable, but he's just not the type of player right now that's going to push the issue. And I don't think he's quite a hundred percent of what he used to be at this point. Although 93% of what big Ben used to be is better than a lot of people on their best day that they ever had. So Pittsburgh definitely needs to start thinking about the future, but I definitely think big Ben has at least two years left of quality play, possibly three just depends on how he takes care of himself and how Pittsburgh surrounds him, but they definitely need to start thinking about the future. Uh, I'm just proud of them for not thinking about it as hard as the green Bay Packers did and drafting chase Claypool instead of trying to draft a quarterback. Cause that would have been an easy thing for them to do after last year when big Ben was out and they had Doug Hodges playing quarterback for them. So while Big Ben may not be tipping the scales at the quarterback one value he used to be, you know, he's still capable of supporting some options. It's just not as high a volume situation as it used to be, which makes it not as high an upside situation as it used to be. You know, and I think Juju is kind of suffering from that. And the other thing about this offense is they've got three really good weapons at this point and some good ones on top of that because they've got Juju, they've got Deontay Johnson, and they've got Chase Claypool. And I can tell you unequivocally that all three of them have juice. Now, Chase went down today, and he fumbled and didn't really get back in the game plan from there. You know, he still played a decent amount of snaps, but his snaps were down with Deontay Johnson back in there. Clearly, Deontay Johnson is higher on the depth chart than Chase Claypool goes. And you know what? From a talent standpoint, from an NFL standpoint, I'm okay with it because Deontay Johnson absolutely has NFL juice, and he showed it today. He was making sharp cuts. He was making dudes miss, and I certainly like him on the field. The only problem is there's three people on the field that have juice, and without the higher volumes and without Big Ben pushing the ball down the field as much, it leads everybody to kind of middling wide receiver two to wide receiver three values. And it's probably going to be hard to tell who's going to be the big bopper from week to week between Claypool, Deontay Johnson, and Juju. So it's probably a situation I'm shying away from just from the various factors of how the game is laying out. And with the defense playing the way it is, there's probably not going to be as many big comebacks as you would like for fantasy days. Because, I mean, it's a little counterintuitive, but really good football where the where your team's playing good defense, you know, unless you get up, unless they keep putting you in opportunities to score, sometimes it works the opposite way where there's not as much need for you to throw. And when you've got an older quarterback with the way Ben is, you're trying to preserve him, you're trying to – get as many throws out of him as you can going forward. So you're trying to hide him a little bit when you can. And the Steelers kind of can afford to do so on a lot of these days. So overall, I think that lowers his value to someone I'm probably not trying to count on. But then again, you may not have a choice. You may have had Dak, whatever it was. And uh, there's definitely worse quarterbacks out there because I can absolutely tell you from a football standpoint, rather than fantasy, Big Ben absolutely still has it. Now, Like I said, Deontay, Juju, and Claypool are all kind of eating into each other. I think of them as really good lottery tickets to have that would move up should some of the targets go away. So 
So if Deontay gets hurt again, if Claypool were to get hurt again, if Juju were to get hurt again, I think that would raise the tide for the rest of the options. But I just don't know with it not being the same. It's kind of like Matthew Stafford in the same way. Both of them aren't having the same amount of volume they used to have that used to push them in the four and 5,000-yard territory. And with the, having a better running game, with having a better defense, with playing better overall football, it's just not a situation that propels you into fantasy glory at this time. I'm probably trying to move off the Pittsburgh receivers if I can help it. They've all got name value. It's just a question of volume at this point. Let's move over to James Conner. You know, James Conner isn't sub- as subject to Big Ben not thrown as much. You know, it's partially his fault, too. And when I say fault, I mean his glory because, really, he's been running the ball hard. He's been finishing runs. He's been giving the Pittsburgh Steelers juice. And I got to say that I'm impressed with the way he's looked so far. And I wish they had a little bit more dominant run-blocking unit. And, you know, having their people in the lineup more and more is going to help. Having Big Ben absolutely helps because he's capable of continuing drives. You still can't crowd the line on him just because he's not going deep as much this year you still have to respect him throwing the ball you still have to respect his abilities and you can't load up on James so James is really benefiting from that and there's going to be opportunities for him to score with this offense too because like I said Ben is capable of leading drives and sustaining drives so I like James more than I thought I would to be honest with you I thought I was completely out I was worried about the injury history but you know if future Taylor came back from week 17 and said hey James Conner plays 16 games I'd absolutely be in on this I'd be all over it. People have absolutely baked that into their thought process that, hey, this guy's kind of playing on a string. But you know what? The best thing about all of it not being on his shoulders like last year is, hey, it's not all on his shoulders. He can survive that, I think. So I'm buying James Conner. You know, if he's the second part of a trade for someone that doesn't believe, I think I'd be okay with that. So I've been tentative up until this point, but since I believe they're going to try and lean on the running game as much as they can and lean on Connor as much as they can, I'm into that. It's just a question of him holding the value. I will say I'm a little upset that Benny Kell is getting as many goal line carries as he is. It is what it is, though. I think James is in there enough. They're not taking him out like Benny Snell is the exclusive goal line back. It's more when they feel like James Connor is losing juice, they won't hesitate to bring Benny Snell in. Now, I do think that makes him the next back off the bench, and I think he showed that early in the season. He doesn't have the same juice, so I don't think I'd value him in the same way, but I do think he's one of those lottery tickets off the bench we'd want to have you know, because they haven't been using Jalen Samuels in the same way they have in years past. I got to think there's something going on there. So Benny Snell is my next man up the bench as far as the Pittsburgh Steelers go in the running game. Let's move over to the Tennessee Titans, you know, Tennessee is one of those perplexing teams where if you can knock them off your mark, if you if you have a physical front seven that is capable of keeping the Tennessee from running the ball, that that team gets in trouble. And Tennessee really got down early because Pittsburgh does have a good front seven, is able to rush the passer and stop the run. And they did so early on. They got the lead. And Tennessee, by the virtue of their interceptions and keeping Big Ben off his mark in the second half, was able to come back in this game. However, it is kudos to the Pittsburgh Steelers defense that they were able to win this game. They were able to, 
you know, keep Derrick Henry kind of in check for the most part, even though we scored, even though he had the 75 yards, you know, that's a low total for the 20 carries that he had. They didn't allow him to get an open space and he had to earn every yard. And that led to Tennessee having to ride Ryan Tannehill a little bit more than they usually would. And they didn't sustain long drives like they normally would. Pittsburgh has a good defense, you know, health not being a given, you know, Pittsburgh Steelers definitely have a playoff quality defense and it has affected quarterbacks and running backs playing them that they're able to get into the backfield that they're able to penetrate and they're able to keep people off their mark. And Tennessee is one of those teams that if you get up on them early, they have a little bit more trouble coming back because that's not the way they're built. And it's not Ryan Tannehill's fault necessarily. You know, they have the deeper weapon and AJ Brown, but even then for whatever reason, they don't push the ball down the field. I got to think, there's something there with Ryan Tannehill as far as his deep accuracy goes and I'm guessing that's why more pro style offenses didn't work with him in the in the past he really is a good fit for Tennessee and what they do but when they're not really built to have big comebacks and to push the ball down the field with the passing game it relies more on the running catch and more on the running game it does make it harder to come back on teams so them getting down to a team like Pittsburgh is a bad deal it is really astounding that they were able to come back in this game and did do what they did so you got to give the Tennessee Titans credit that they nearly pulled this out you know they're one field goal away from tying this and if that Goskowski character that we've seen for years and years with New England still had it I gotta guess he'd still be in New England so maybe that's why you don't re-sign those kickers when Bill lets them leave but it is what it is they made those decisions and it definitely affected Ryan Tannehill and really it was more that Ryan Tannehill affected the rest of the offense Pittsburgh was able to get to him early. They were able to stall drives and get them off their mark, and they were able to get up to a big lead. You know, it's not all his fault necessarily. It's just – and it's hard to put your finger on exactly what it is about this team where they just don't get it going. But I got to think it's the fact that they are built so hard built on the run, and that's just not where the NFL is going these days. So you got to look at that, and you got to realize that, you know – the offenses that I'm seeing that are really successful are able to keep the defense off balance as far as what they're doing. And if Tannehill and the passing game aren't able to accomplish that, then it's a, it's a big trouble and it's a big problem for the Tennessee Titans. And it's not AJ Brown's fault. I can tell you that because the dude has talent. If he was on another team, I'd be screaming to the trade line and making a huge offer on AJ Brown because he absolutely looks like Terrell Owens out there. It's just the lower volume of the passing game. It's just the lower upside of the passing game kind of caps his upside and makes him a kind of like a high upside wide receiver too. Because if they can, they'll pack it in and they'll run the ball all day. And AJ Brown will end up with a goose, probably not a goose egg, but probably like 50 yards max if they're having an off day passing the ball or if they just don't have to pass the ball if they have their way with the running game. So that's the only thing keeping A.J. Brown down. It's not a talent thing. He pops on the film. He's huge out there even though he's not that tall. He's just – he's mat. He's got a lot of mass and he's so strong and he's able to run with the type of speed for a dude that size that is atypical. And that's why they're in the NFL. We're talking about the top 1% of athletes in the world. If someone could do it, trust me, they'd come get that money if they could do it like they're AJ Brown, but not everyone can. And I'd just like to see what he could do in a more prolific passing attack. And I honestly don't know why this passing attack isn't capable of more. Is it Tannehill? Is it the Blake calling? I just don't know. 
I need to see more. And it's hard when your only other film on Tannehill is the Dolphins because they've been a train wreck for a long time. And while under Brian Flores, I think they've got way better leadership and they're going to do big things with that. I just worry for A.J. Brown's long term that there's not going to be enough here in this offense for him to really, truly shine in the fantasy community. Although anybody who watches him on film and makes any catches would see that, hey, this guy's really got something and is somebody that defenses need to watch out for more than anybody else other than Derrick Henry on this offense. So I'm buying A.J. Brown as a wide receiver, too. There's certainly a floor with him with the Tennessee offense in place. Even though Corey Davis scored and even though Corey Davis certainly looks good and has juice, it's just not high enough of a passing game for him to merely make a difference. And he doesn't have the same physicality that A.J. Brown is. I got to guess he's on his way out the door to try and find a different offense. And I got to say, I think that's something I'd probably try to take a gamble on if I was another team and he does get out the door. Maybe not at the top in the wide receivers, but I got to think he's going to be willing to sign a deal, a prove it deal to say, hey, it was the offense, not me. And speaking of the offense, we're still talking about Derrick Henry when we're talking about the Titans offense. You know, just because he only had the 75 and the touchdown doesn't mean he wasn't involved, doesn't mean when it became the witching hour that he wasn't running dudes over and people weren't tired of being on the tracks at that point. They've been tackling him, and Pittsburgh's just tough. This is just a really bad matchup for any running back, anybody trying to really get stuff done versus the Pittsburgh Steelers. Their defense is really good. T.J. Watt rushing the ball. T.J. Watt, Bud Dupree, everybody just rushing the passer, Cameron Hayward. There's a lot of things to like about this defense, and, you know, it affects teams. And when Tennessee is so intent on running the ball and taking the air out of the ball a bit as well, it leads to lower overall fantasy totals for everybody. So you want to kind of bake that into everybody's price after watching these games. I'm still going after Derrick Henry. There's going to be bigger days than this. There's going to be days where he gets loose. So it's absolutely somebody I'm targeting. I'm probably not running to A.J. Brown as much just because of the offense, and and, and same thing with the rest of the targets. Ferkser kind of dropped down to earth a little bit, even though he was still involved today. So Tennessee makes me worried as far as the options go, but the high-end options are still worth having. And as long as you value them correctly, it is what it is, and it's good to go. I hope this was helpful. I hope my voice being off wasn't so wasn't so bad, and I hope you all have a great day and are able to go out and use this information when you're leagues.